and welcome to Texas State Choirs Today. I am the host, Dr. Jonathan Babcock, and we are recording today from the TMEA convention in San Antonio, Texas. And what more perfect guest could we have for our first interview than Dr. Bob Horton, who is the TMEA past president this year, and he is also the coordinator of fine arts for Conroe ISD. Bob, welcome to the show, and say, take Thank you for taking the time to do this with us. Well, thank you, Jonathan. It is an honor to be here and to have the opportunity to share some time with you all on your podcast. Congratulations on what seems to be already a fantastic convention, and we'll talk more about that later. But why don't we just tell us a little bit about yourself, tell us about your job at Conroe, and sure. your past. You're one of the great high school choir directors of the state of Texas. Well, we you all are, know that. You're very kind. Um, I actually started as an elementary music teacher. That was my very first job. I graduated from high school and and wanted to be a choral director. Went to college to be a choral director, and uh, there were no choral jobs available. So I mm -hmm. actually started as an elementary music teacher and absolutely loved it. I also knew that I wanted to be a choral director. So then I went on to middle school, and I taught uh, middle school for... Well, you could look at it for 11 years, but really there oh. were a couple of transition years where I was still teaching some middle school and starting to teach high school. So mm -hmm. 11 or 14 years, I learned a lot about teaching, teaching middle school when basically it was you and a group of 13 year olds for an hour. <laughs> and that's where I, I tell my students all the time. That's where I learned how to teach sure. of getting 100 kids in the room with their music in their chairs is something you really can't learn right in university you've got to just figure that absolutely. out absolutely that, absolutely that's a big learning curve so yeah i i started as a middle school director too and i was even though that wasn't my dream i was glad sure. to have those years of to just get my act together don't you it think? really uh those were formative years where i learned how to break down things for literally every level of kid because frankly speaking we um we literally had every level of kid and we had the kid who whose parents were making them take choir. We had the kid whose parents were, you know, pr pretty sure they were going to be the next star of something. And then all kinds of kids in between. And um, and they all wanted the same thing, which was to be taught. So that was that was right. fun. And then uh, I spent 11 years teaching at the Woodlands High School. And that was um, some of just absolutely some of my favorite memories. You performed here at this convention yes, several times with that we choir. We did. Um, I actually, and it was really fun, over my, my 25 years of being a choral director, um, I actually had two middle school groups and a high school group perform here at the convention. That's fantastic. Spread across about 15 years time period. So that was fun. And that what an experience fun. for your students. Oh, too. I mean, amazing. I'm sure it's nerve-wracking and everything, but to be, to, to, uh, to be recognized at that level must be it, so inspiring to those kids. Not it was only very, us, but it was very inspiring. And, you know, the, the level of our performances here at the convention is so high that you know, when you when you get that invitation, you know, you're chosen typically by a blind audition committee. They don't know who you are. But once you once you get that invitation, you start to feel that pressure begin to mount mm -hmm. like we've got to we've got to show why we were chosen. And so one of the things that was always a priority for me was making certain that the journey from the beginning of school until February was also not the reason that kids went. I don't ever want to do that again. 
that the journey Amen. Exactly. really was the important part. And, you know, the special thing about an opportunity to perform at a convention, we sang at ACDA as well in uh, my years at the Woodlands, um, was the opportunity to be able to take those kids to a place where they hadn't been able to prepare music at that level, that much music at that level, right. and get it ready so early, but also to grow together because they spent a lot of time together in, in rehearsal. Yeah, and we, we tried to, you know, we tried not to make the whole year about that convention performance, um, but also not to burn them out along the way so that when they got there, they were just sick and tired of singing the music. Exactly, that's yeah. the balance. Of, oh, absolutely. Of, uh, reaching excellence without pushing them over the bounds of, I don't care about this music anymore. That's it, it truly is, mm -hmm. it truly is. You know, another fun part about those like I said, 25 years I spent in the classroom is now I'm in my fifth year of, in, of my job as um, fine arts coordinator for Conroe ISD. Mm -hmm. So all of our high school and most of our middle school choral directors in our school district now, I've either worked with them like they, they were my coworkers mm -hmm. or I, they student taught with me or they were my colleagues in the region in another school district and came to us. So we really have a very wonderful collegial relationship. You have a legacy with these people. Well, and it was a long relationship with these sure. people. And we and, and people we, that get along well, work well together. Absolutely. That just makes a different environment. And we're not having to have the philosophical discussions of what's important. You know, we, we truly believe that you That's use the starting line. music to make better people. Mm -hmm. That's that's what we really believe, because, you you know, the people that use people to make music that that's a short lived enterprise. It, it, kids, kids vote with their feet and they don't stick around for something where they're not valued when it's not about them. It's Absolutely. About the director Absolutely. So course. now in my position, I, I get to carry the torch for that with my teachers to make certain that and, and in all divisions, band, choir, orchestra, elementary music. We actually start instrumental music education in fifth and sixth grade in our school district. So um, making sure that, that we're not all about a final product all the time and that process is always part of what we're talking about. That to me is th that journey that I learned sort of going through those convention performances as and, well. And that's fantastic. And that's not always the case. I've seen so many school districts where they take their best teachers and put them in the high school. Right. And what we really need is strong teachers at the bottom. Absolutely. The high school will automatically become good sure. if the teaching beforehand is good. Sure. So, yeah, just to see it all the way th through. And just to have a program that is cohesive all the way through yes. is, is really special. And well, and the, to you. and the other part that I love about that is that we have the opportunity to build relationships with longevity. In that when the high school director knows who the middle school kids are, they have the opportunity to sort of build in that, I can't wait to see you in my program. And then the middle school kids feel like, oh, wow, I'm going to have the opportunity to be in this particular choir. It really shocked me my 
last couple of years at the Woodlands High School when I would have kids who um, would tell me when they were auditioning for our, our chamber choir, they would say, I heard you sing when I was in the fifth grade and decided I wanted to be a part of this choir. And I, I thought, them. wow, you, you really never know sometimes the impression you make. Exactly. Speaking of an impression, Texas State Connection, um, I uh, ran into a young lady in the hallway who stopped me the other day and said, um, here at the convention, who said, um, you probably have no idea who I am, but um, when you did the Texas State Middle School Choir Camp, oh, yeah. I was one of your campers. And now she's a two-year All-Stater. And she's not from a large metropolitan high school. She's from a, a smaller area. But she said that the experiences that she had as a young student propelled her to want to keep going as she got older. Oh, so, God bless. That's a wonderful, that, that makes me well up a little bit, that we're all part of this. Absolutely. And it becomes a little overwhelming when you think about it, how many, I mean, you've hit more people than I have, but, you know, the thousands of students that you know, have known us over the years and we've affected good sure. and bad <laughs> sure, you know, one way or the other. That's right. And, and I think that's one of the things that, um, that I try to impress on our young teachers, especially in our school district is you, you can't, you as a teacher can't have the luxury of a bad day. Yeah. Because the students that come to you, you might be the only reason that day that they came to school. You might all, your class might be the the reason that they keep coming to school in the place where they feel safe and valued because they know that consistently they're going to be loved and appreciated. They're going to be dependent on their classmates. You know, nobody sings in three parts by themselves, obviously, unless of course exactly. there's a possession issue. But anyway, that I digress. <laughs> the The main point is that um, when you're a, a young teacher, sometimes you know you're tired you've had a long day you've been at convention you're you're wiped out and then you come back and then you realize those kids really missed you and they need you and they need you to be your best self as a teacher they need you to be your best self as a person sometimes you're the only stable adult model they've ever seen that's very true especially in the formative years of middle school and early high mm -hmm. school because they're really trying to decide how they fit into the landscape of of not only the class and the program, but what adulthood can look like. I know that my high school choir director was very influential on me to not only help me to believe that I could be a choral director, but also to um, show me what it was like to model being a good person. And, so, and a good leader, which really takes me to to what I, I really admire you for, for. As long as I've known you and I'm no from the beginning of your career really you have been engaged in service to our profession to our community and first thank you for that because thank we need you. people that want to do those things but what is it that calls you to service so, you know I, i'll tell you the, the truth to be the president of tmea is not something that appeals to me <laughs> <laughs> i think i'd want to do that sure sure so what is it that calls you to, to this kind of service well as a young teacher, I had people say, hey, will you help me with this? And they sort of drew me into, can you help me? I, I'm going to host this contest or I'm going to um, be in charge of this particular thing at region or will you help me do a sectional or something like that? And so 
the opportunity to get to interact with students from other campuses. That was that was neat because I only knew my own students. What I also realized over time was that if people didn't volunteer to help with things, sometimes things would not get done. Right. And the 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 long-term motivation is to be honest, Dr. Babcock, that if we don't continue to provide the very best possible experiences for kids, and and I don't mean just um, young students or older students, all state students, even all region, if we don't give them the very best possible experiences, they're going to look for other things. And we know the power of music, and we know what it can do to people's lives, their hearts, their minds, so we have to find ways to get them to be a part of that. So providing high quality experiences for people um, through music has always been a motivator. Mm-hmm. And I mean, simply put, I like people and I like to work. So <laughs> those those two things, you know, gave me an aptitude to doing it. But I also had a lot of mentors who said, look, if you're going to do this, here's a better way to do it. Here's some guidance. Here's some training. Here's some um some best practices, if you will, for being able to make certain that what you're doing, your effort matches your intention. Because there are a lot of times where people really want to help, but they don't know how. And so the the desire was always there to help. The, the efforting was enhanced by people helping me, training me, and giving me great guidance. And I mean, I think of I think of how simple and convenient our life is now with the fact that we can message one another on email and right. the fact that we can text and, and, and all of the things that we can do. And, and I'm in awe of the people who envisioned our conventions before all that, who said we need to have a, a group of the very best singers. We need a process to get them there. We need to have a group um, that works with this renowned conductor who will show them an experience they can't get in their own school. But when they get it, they take it back and a rising tide floats all boats, you know? So, so the, the idea behind service for me is it, it really makes everyone better. And I really truly have been blessed with opportunities to serve. And the other part of that is I feel very much that it's stewardship. I don't own this. I'm being entrusted with it for a while. And when I'm entrusted with it, my sole obligation, one of my core values is leave it better than you found it. And the other one is make them glad to see you coming, not glad to see you leaving. (laughs) (laughs) So, so engaging people and inviting them in and making it a high quality experience so that when you hand it to the next generation of people, they say, Hey, I can do that. And sometimes they go, hey, I'm not going to screw it up like he did. I'm going to make sure it's better, you know, and sure. and, and both of those are valuable points. But and then it's a point of pride for you of look what I, w- I was able to accomplish. And, and, you absolutely. Know, there is a valid self value. In absolutely. That. And but I, I will say that just being entrusted by my colleagues, that's humbling to me. No, it's very humbling can, because yeah. it also means that. Um, while there's probably a percentage of them that go, if he does it, I don't have to. There's also another percentage of them that say, if he does it, it's going to be done the right way. 
and that means a lot to me. Uh, that that level of trust and that's my what colleagues. most of us say. Yeah, well, we, we know you. we can count on. Bob. Yeah. So, yeah. The, so what calls me to it is wanting to make it better for students because I know the impact it had on me. I, full disclosure, I never was in the Texas Hall State Choir. I wasn't that good a singer, but I will say that um, I have taught countless kids over the years who ended up going through that process and the process made them better and then the ones that achieved the all-state experience that is supposed to be a pinnacle so we want it to be prepared that way we want the literature to be chosen that way the conductors to be chosen with that in mind and then all of the adult mechanical details to be ready to go too so it it's it's about making the experience great and it is a, a team effort absolutely what, what would you tell that new person that new teacher that wants to get involved in tmea but doesn't know how it's so huge sure. where where do i find that opening everything i learned about service i learned in my region everything everything and and that was do you want to be the guy who helps um host concert and sight reading do you want to be somebody who does a section rehearsal at region choir do you want to be the guy who just sets up the stage and moves chairs Every job is valuable. There mm -hmm. are no invaluable jobs. Um, I would say ask for how you can help, and then if nobody answers, find a way to help. Find a way. Just jump in. There, there are going to be chairs and risers to be moved always. There's always going to be something right. that needs to be done. So Absolutely. So just jump in and do just it. Just jump in and do it because what you'll find over time is it changes you. The best thing about service is it changes you as a person, and it, it even makes you more appreciative of when other people serve. Because you've been there. Because you've, 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 you've been there, and you've seen it, and, and you, you know that what they're giving is hopefully for the right reasons as well. Absolutely. If I could just get one more question from you before we let you go, because I know you're so busy. Tell us what TMEA does. Okay, so we have this convention in the sure. Allstate. What are the things that TMEA does when we're not in San Antonio. Absolutely. So, you know, the cool thing about TMEA is we have, of course, all five of the divisions, band, orchestra, vocal, elementary, and college. So because of the depth of our organization, we have opportunities for members literally throughout the year. There are region workshops that are sponsored by TMEA that are professional development content specific mm -hmm. things. And that happens literally in every um, division. Um, another thing that happens is um, there, there are, you know, it kind of sounds silly, but region meetings are a great place to network, to get to know people. And since we have 33 large school regions and, and in the vocal division, 15 small school regions, um, we have a, a built-in reason to get together and talk about the thing that matters most, which is, for us, choir and how, mm -hmm. to, how to get kids plugged into those experiences. So there are, of course, um, in every division, some very specific activities that happen throughout the year both at the high school and at the middle school level mm -hmm. because the all-region experience at the middle school level literally encompasses the majority of the year. So with 33 right. regions times band, orchestra, and choir, you've got the potential for 99 uh, region concerts right there. Mm -hmm. And so that that's alone, <laughs> it, the scope of that alone, and that's just 7 through 12. Um, 
are, and, and really you can double that when you think about high school. So, I mean, there are potentially 200 region concerts a year. So in, in the path to Allstate, let alone some of the other groups, like they have um, a region treble choir or an honor choir or things like that where there's not um, necessarily an audition, but it's a chance to be a part of that region weekend. So mm-hmm. that's one thing. The, um, the elementary folks, they're like the kings of workshops. They love a great workshop and they, (laughs) and they, and that's, we have a TMEA region grant program that supports that. There are some criteria on the website that the region officers apply for that grant money. They're able to um, bring in clinicians. Sometimes regions combine their resources so more people can have those um, access to that professional development. Um, so I mean, if you think about um, just engaging kids year-round in making music, if you think about engaging teachers year-round in some professional development opportunities, um, let alone the, you know, the industry partnerships, which uh, it, it's kind of a crazy thing, the, the fact that we have so much industry sponsorship at our convention and as sustaining members, of course, obviously, that keeps our our convention dues and membership historically low. Mm. I mean, it's crazy. But it's a connection we need to but have. It, but it's a connection that we need to have, and they realize the value not only of, you know, as a business, but also the service they're providing to our kids and teachers. I mean, th- that is, uh, it's, in the choir world, we don't deal with it quite as much, but now with my, you know, uh, instrumental colleagues in my school district, I'm learning all about beginning instruments and step-up instruments and how, um, you know, you go and you pick your instrument that you're going to play and not everybody gets to be a saxophone player or a drummer, although they all want to be at some point, of you know, course. so uh-huh. so to be really honest, we've got um, we've got this industry partnership that is ongoing because of the nature of what we do in music. So there are so many areas. um, One of them I certainly don't want to overlook is um, we do have a legislative presence. Yes. And and so we're we're always looking out for um, ways to elevate the position of music education in Texas, whether it be through the legislature, State Board of Education, TASA, TASB, those those organizations that influence superintendents and school boards, um, tremendous advocacy efforts. And that's really one of the things we wanted to come out of the centennial is not just a great three or four day party and celebrate 100 years, but really the kickoff of a, a year of advocacy. And we don't even know where that will end. So well, but it can't really end, can it? Uh, uh, that's the, what uh, I mean. Yeah, uh, Lynn Brinkmeyer, my colleague, yes, uh, former uh, 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 MENC president. Uh, we did an interview, and I asked her. My question was, why? Why don't they get it? What, why do we have to keep saying this over and right. over again? But it, it just needs to be reminded. We can't. It's too easy to take us for granted. Absolutely, so and we, the decision makers change. Sometimes the decision makers change, point. and so we we need to make certain that we're staying consistent with our message and authentic to who we are and what we do, and what we value. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Oh my I, I really, thank I, you. I, we are all so grateful for the work that you do for Texas, thank and I'm, I'm so glad you took the time to do this. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you, Dr. Babcock. Absolutely. Thank you.
You have been listening to Texas State Choirs Today, the official Texas State University Choral Department podcast. Texas State Choirs Today is produced at the historic Fire Station Studios in downtown San Marcos. Our podcast producer is Lucas Phillips. Our sound engineer is Francis Nieves. Ian Flores is our editor. And Professor Mark Erickson is our producer and technical advisor. If you've enjoyed this podcast, take a minute and click subscribe on your podcast homepage. Give us a rating at the same time. These things really help us get the word out. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Babcock. Thank you for listening, and keep singing.